2009 will go down in the record books as the year the global financial crisis took hold. Now, with the economy pulling out of recession, house prices improving, visitor numbers picking up, and business confidence reaching decade-high levels, most New Zealand economists and businesses are breathing a sigh of relief and hoping the worst is over. But with unemployment yet to peak, interest rates set to rise from record lows, and governments around the world withdrawing billions of dollars in stimulus packages, the road to recovery could be a bumpy one. On this Radio New Zealand Insight program, business reporter Naomi Mitchell looks at what's in store for 2010. This time a year ago, things were looking pretty grim. The global financial crisis had the world in its grip. Unemployment was on the rise, and consumer confidence was at rock bottom. So we're in a bad state, and we're now being hit with the the kind of fallout of the financial crisis that's gone on around the world. So, if you're a business person, this is likely to be the worst time that you'll face in your career, as a matter of fact. As we told you earlier, business confidence has fallen to a 17-year low. The national on the markets today. At one point, the market fell as if down a well. Over 700 points. New Zealand's Treasury certainly didn't have its rose-tinted glasses on either, and in the middle of the year, it projected that some 124,000 people would be out of work because of the recession. But then the tide began turning. News: It's official. New Zealand's economy is technically out of recession, according to the latest growth.、Uh, British retail sales are up slightly in October and up nearly three and a half percent compared to this time last year. The news leads to further speculation that the UK is on track to rise from the global recession next quarter. That good news. Confidence among companies is climbing, posting its second double-digit gain in two months in September to hit a ten-year high. On the back of more positive-looking economic data and improved confidence, the Treasury recently revised its outlook. The $50 billion hole left in the economy by the recession has been revised down to $23 billion. The economy will contract by 0.4 percent instead of the initially predicted 1.7 percent, and the government's books will come out of the red earlier than first thought. Unemployment is also expected to peak sooner and at a lower level than first feared, with some 64,000 fewer jobs predicted to be lost by September this year. But that's cold comfort to this job seeker currently in Wellington. My name is Cerise and I'm an accountant.、Um, and I was at a recruitment company for the last nine months, but I've since been made redundant. Now I am moving back to New Plymouth and currently looking for a job. Were you surprised to lose your job? Was it a shock? No, not really. I knew it was coming because I know how much money we have, and I knew there was not much left. How scary is it looking for jobs? Are you worried you might not find something? Little bit worried. I am hoping that my previous employer in New Plymouth will employ me,、um, and I've got some friends that are in another like couple of accounting firms there, so hopefully they can pull some strings. But if not, Then I'm a little bit stuck, and I may have to look at going into a different area. I suppose I might have to go work retail or something like that until I can actually get a job. The latest available figures show unemployment stands at 6.5 percent, the highest in nine years. Shamabil Yakob, who's principal economist at the New Zealand Institute of Economic Research, warns the worst isn't over yet, with unemployment expected to reach its peak shortly. 
The levels that we're seeing now suggest that the pace of job shedding has slowed. So it's good news from that perspective. But we're not yet seeing a big increase in hiring. And we don't think that will happen until the second part of this year, the second half of this year. And the reason for that is uh, over the last year or so, we've seen these um, big reductions hours worked. So businesses, instead of laying people off, have just reduced how long people work. So as activity starts to pick up, businesses will probably increase those hours rather than hire new people. So we'll get this early part of the recovery that will be more or less a jobless recovery. Um, but it's not anything to be particularly worried about. Further down the track, we will see recovery coming through. Businesses are intending to increase production. They will need more people and the recovery will come, but it will just take a bit of time. Cerise is hoping that's the case. She's been at home on the job hunt for a while now, searching online job sites and trawling newspapers every day. She's prepared to take a pay cut, but says finding a suitable job isn't proving easy, especially at this time of year. Three months ago, there was way more. and then, But I mean, it kind of goes like there's lots, and then a month later there's, there's not that many. But at the moment, there's nothing. David Bradbury is an area manager at Career Services, the government's provider of career advice and information. He says there's been a dramatic increase in the number of people using its services in the last 12 months, including 2.1 million website hits. And he's not expecting this year to be any less busy. We've seen a 200% increase in activity on our website, and we've seen some interesting pages of the website being browsed more often. Pages like tips for job hunting in tight economic times, redundancy, what does it mean for me, um, CV wizards, things that suggest that people are really looking for, looking for jobs and, and jobs quickly, and that's really what we've seen over the last 12 months. David Bradbury says he's also noticed people seeking out work that's seen as more secure in difficult economic times, like the police or armed forces. And he says the downturn has even changed the way some people approach career progression. The luxury, I suppose, of being able to plan your career and, and think calmly and rationally around where you want to be and where you want to go um, doesn't really take place when you've, when you've um, been made redundant. So there is that short-term nature, and a lot of the people coming to us are, are um, in terms of career planning, saying, well, that's great, we can do that at a later date. What I need now is some money coming in, I need a job, and uh, that's their priority. The latest figures show just over 66,000 people were collecting the unemployment benefit at the end of December, about 19,000 fewer than Treasury's worst-case prediction. The New Zealand Council of Trade Unions Secretary Peter Conway says while that's far fewer than the 160,000 people who were getting unemployment assistance when it last peaked in 1999, people are still finding it difficult. The lessons to be learned are lessons about economic policy, really, about the need for regulation, the danger of huge disparities of incomes, the danger of relying too much on particular economic models, and the role that governments have to play in ensuring that the economy runs and investing through a recession. So I think some lessons have been learned, uh, but we cannot say the recession is over. I know the government wants this year to be able to say, hey, we didn't do too badly, did we, last year? It wasn't as bad as we, as people thought. The government did a reasonable job of supporting people. Now we're focusing on economic growth. Well, that's a good message. 
But in fact, the recession ain't over for a lot of people and they need to make sure they keep the investment going in to support those people. And it's not just unemployed people who are worried. Even people in secure employment are questioning where their next paycheck will be coming from. The Westpac McDermott Miller Employment Confidence Index rose modestly in the final quarter of 2009. This index measures how employees feel about their current job situation and their thoughts about the job market in general. But the latest figures show the number of people optimistic about employment conditions only narrowly outweighs pessimists. And that's affecting how far consumers are prepared to open their wallets. Although the official figures aren't in until the middle of this month, consumer spending is expected to have been relatively flat in 2009. The Retailers Association's chief executive, John Albertson, agrees it was a tough year. Obviously the consumer confidence was shot to bits at the start of the year with the whole prospect of sort of recession and so on. I think as we moved through the year and we saw a number of changes, we saw some tax relief come through, uh, we saw interest rates falling, we saw petrol prices coming down off their all-time high. So as the, the year progressed, consumers end up with a few more dollars in their pocket and they started to become a little more positive. And I think what we saw at Christmas time was the, the evidence of that, that Christmas this year, from although we haven't seen the final figures yet, we're picking will be somewhere around about 3.5% up on Christmas of last year. Now, given that 2009 was a recessionary year, to get some growth over Christmas was really quite spectacular. And I think we're seeing a much more positive consumer out there now than perhaps there was a year ago. It's lunchtime on Wellington's Lambton Quay. There's certainly a lot of foot traffic and the shops appear to be reasonably busy. One of the most noticeable things is the sales. Almost every shop is advertising some sort of discount, with bright, eye-catching signage trying to lure shoppers inside. Some retailers are offering up to 60% off their stock. The Retailers Association's chief executive, John Albertson, says it's a sign of the times. The one thing that the recession has probably taught retailers this year is that there's some fundamentals they really need to manage carefully. Obviously, the level of stock they're holding, the level of cost in their business, and the margin they're getting. Now, the bit that's been under real pressure all year has been the margin, because as you'll be only too well aware, there's been significant discounting going on. I think what we're going to have to see going forward into 2010 is far more tactical use of discounting rather than across-the-board discounting so that re retailers get some return of margin uh, back to where you know, levels that are acceptable for running the business. The NZIER's Shamabil Jakob says people have put off buying large-ticket items like cars, furniture and appliances for some time. But he's picking that the retail sector will experience a subdued comeback this year as consumers at last go ahead and make the purchases. However, he's not expecting all sectors to fare equally. We are optimistic that the construction sector will pick up this year. Um, we've seen building concerns starting to rise. Um, this industry has had a horror year last year and the year before that, and I think a recovery can come soon enough for these guys. So I think it's going to be very positive, especially when the housing market and building in the housing market continue, starts to recover. The government sector is also going to be quite strong. I think uh, there is a strong pipeline of work that's going to support the construction sector that's involved in things like the Rugby World Cup, in things like education, health and, um, I guess, uh, prison uh, projects. 
but we're concerned about the commercial building sides. Uh, most of the industry reports suggest that vacancy is going to rise quite sharply over the next few years, and they suggest that we may not see much work there. One of the many people hoping the predictions about the construction industry come to fruition is Wellington builder Brian Ludlow. It's been hard, um, I'd have to say, uh, mostly really small jobs, um, nothing really large at all, and a lot of time spent sorting it out, getting the prices in, uh, going through the prices because mainly they're over budgeted, and um, finally getting the job and only being there two or three weeks and basically on to the next one. So uh, yeah, looking for more positive times and uh, some bigger jobs that would help. Brian Ludlow has managed to keep on the five builders that work for his company, but says some other building firms have not been so lucky. Many have had to shed staff as the number of new homes being built dropped away last year. Statistics New Zealand figures show the value of residential building work has fallen by 40% in the last two years. But on the positive side, the number of building consents being processed is starting to rise. And Brian Ludlow says things aren't as bad as they once were. Well, I did the early 90s, and um, this has certainly been not as bad as that, I don't believe. Uh, in fact, I had 13 people on at that stage and uh, got down to two of us. So, yeah, I'm just pleased we've got through the year, basically unscathed, really. How are you feeling about 2010? Oh, very positive. I think that all the indications are saying that uh, things are going to come right. That's good. And uh, there's lots of plans being drawn up and lots of plans going in for quoting, and that's always a positive thing. Your Ford work then's looking better at this time this year than it was last year? Oh, definitely. There's uh, more inquiries. Uh, the phone's ringing a bit more, although it's only early days. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's starting to come right. Do you think you'll have to employ more staff in the future? Yeah, well, we'd be certainly looking at that. Um, we're hoping to put on a couple of guys. And, uh, yeah, we've just, just got to make sure the work's going to keep flowing. That's the main thing. Now this is a property in Seaview Road in Parramatta, it's just come onto the market. It was on the market for three months during 2009 and didn't attract suitable buyers. These people. John Burke is a real estate agent with Remax Villa in Podidua, north of Wellington, and has been selling property in the region for 11 years. Mr Burke says some companies in the area that were selling 600 homes a year during boom times sold just 400 when the downturn was fully upon them. But he says things appear to be slowly improving. I think the, the rate of increase in property values uh, will take place, but it will take place slowly. For example, in our area, I believe, on average, property values dropped by about 15%. If you were to do some research now, I think it would probably show a, a recovery of somewhere between 5 and 7%. I would see that creeping up slowly over the next two or three years. And John Burke isn't expecting buyers to be put off too badly when the Reserve Bank, as it's indicated, raises interest rates this year. Well, the interest rates below 6% are very low at the present time and they certainly will be able to take advantage of that through the coming year. In fact, to a large extent, they were able to during 2009 also. Inevitably there will be an increase in interest rates at some stage, but I don't think it's going to be a dramatic increase, and I think people can buy now with confidence into the foreseeable future. Figures from the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand show the average selling price for a home in December was $360,000, up almost 10% on the same month in 2008. 
and the Institute's Housing Price Index, which measures the market's overall strength and performance, is now just 4% off the peak that was reached in November 2007. That's yet more evidence of what economists term a housing-led recovery. And according to John Wally, the chief executive of the Manufacturers and Exporters Association, that's not good news. We can sell ourselves houses, sell them, trade them between one another, but but that really doesn't help us uh, see this balanced recovery that's often referred to. John Wally wants to see the export sector lead New Zealand out of the doom and gloom. But he admits after a very tough year, that's not on the cards any time soon. 2009 started pretty badly uh, on one regard in terms of volume falling, but there was some encouragement in terms of the fall in the New Zealand dollar. And I guess the end of 2009 started to see some indications of volumes picking up again, but on the other hand we saw the dollar move to the plus 70 area, and that's a really difficult problem for our exporters to deal with. How much did volumes fall by? Well, it really depends on which sector you're in. If you're in consumer electronics or auto-type supply chains, volumes could have been back over 50%. Uh, general industrials, probably 30 to 20% back. And infrastructure, maybe a little improvement in 2009. We're certainly 20% on average, uh, and that's a long way to go. And again, if you're in that consumer or auto area, you could be looking at a doubling of current activity to be back at pre-crisis levels. And when did we last experience drops of those levels? Well, I certainly haven't experienced drops in those levels in my working life, which started in the early 70s. He estimates 13% of the jobs in the export sector have been lost during the downturn and fears that figure will climb in the future unless New Zealand learns its lesson. The worst thing that could possibly happen is that somehow we muddle through over a period of two years and we don't change anything. Because if we don't seek to change the conditions that created the crisis, we just sit and wait until the next one. Uh, There is a bit of a feeling, um, certainly I see it in the reporting in New Zealand, that we've dodged a bullet, that things are being good, we don't really need to change much, just hold a breath and we'll get through it. But I think that we do need to see changes in bank regulation, we do need to see changes in monetary policy, and we do need to see changes or a realignment of fiscal policy. And if we don't do that, we simply set ourselves up for the next one, And each time we go through one of these cycles, we lose more and more capacity in the real economy in New Zealand, that capacity to build exports or to to grow the substance of the economy diminishes. Australia's economy has defied the global recession and visitors from our closest neighbour arrived in droves for short visits here last year. That helped to keep the total number of international visitors reasonably steady, despite the worldwide economic downturn and swine flu taking their toll on arrivals from the rest of the world. So with many economists picking that trend to continue this year, could tourism be one of the shining stars for the New Zealand economy? To see how the industry was faring, 
I joined a stargazing tour to the Mount John Observatory in Tekapo, almost bang in the centre of the South Island. It's recognised now, certainly in Europe, it's often talked about as the most beautiful, easily accessible observatory in the world. So that certainly brings some people up here. Graham Murray is a director of Earth and Sky, which operates the tours. He says despite the global downturn, Tekapo has transformed from just a transit town to a vibrant destination in itself. And now other areas are sitting up and taking notice. The Mackenzie's been on a wee bit of a buzz, I think because of environmental matters and certainly because of the talk of the world's first World Heritage National Park in the sky. That's brought a lot of interest and a lot of people in. And there's the um, hot pools and all sorts of new exciting developments going on in the Mackenzie. And contrary to the normal statistics around the country, Accommodation levels in, in Tekapo and Mackenzie have been uh, considerably higher than in the past year. Why do you think that is? I mean, some areas have been struggling. What do you think it is about here that makes it sheltered to some extent from the downturn? I would like to think part of uh, what's attracting people to the Mackenzie is the pure New Zealand image, which is, has taken hold overseas. And when they talk of pure New Zealand, they tend to concentrate on daytime activity but the nighttime activity is a whole new phenomenon and there's nothing purer than the dark sky over the Mackenzie and that has brought tens of thousands of people into the Mackenzie in this last 12 months. And I think just that sort of thing that stimulates market, interests Australians, interests, that although the numbers are down from Japan and North America, the percentage of those lesser people that want to come into an environment like this increases and our numbers increase, increase accordingly. I think we're on a, on a win-win situation here at the moment. Graham Murray hopes the buzz will help the business to grow further this year. We started up on Mount John here officially about three years ago with two or three staff members. We've got uh, uh, six full-time astronomers here now, one from Germany, one from America, one from England, one from China, from Japan, etc. But we have a staff of 26 here now, and I think the way the things are going, we'll probably just about have to double that in, uh, within two years. So yes, great potential for employment. Pancake rocks at the west coast town of Punakaiki have stood for 30 million years through the Great Depression, wars and countless wild west coast storms. The global economic crisis will be but a blip in their lifetime. I spoke to holidaymakers at the popular tourist spot about how the downturn had affected their travel plans and how they were feeling about the year ahead. Well, we certainly wouldn't be able to afford to go to Europe at the moment or America. So we were looking closer to home. Yeah, the exchange rate had an impact. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And has it sort of changed the type of holiday you'd have, you know, where you'd stay or, or what you'd do? No, not really. I think we've um, got the type of accommodation that we would normally have. We've got by car and motel type accommodation, which is fine. We actually live in Cyprus and we've travelled to America here and we're going back via Hong Kong, so that's it for a few years. <laughs> We've got a camper van and we're spending three weeks driving around New Zealand. We live in Norway um, and so because Norway has a lot of exposure to the oil industry there's been very little impact there by the financial crisis. Um, so for us it's not, um, it's not as, as obvious as I think maybe it is in places like the UK. As far as the economic situation of New Zealand, well, if you do things right you can still do 
what you want to do in moderation. And are you optimistic that things might improve this year in terms of the economy? I hope everybody's optimistic. It will help everybody. I can't see it coming just yet, but if everybody did their little bit, I think it would improve. But while people might be optimistic a transformation is underway, Shamabil Jakob from the NZIER warns the road to recovery mightn't be a smooth one, especially as interest rates and fiscal policy return to normal levels. These two things have been huge supports for the economy over the last year or two, uh, but these must go back to more normal levels. At the moment we have interest rates at 2.5%, that's simply not sustainable. It is extraordinarily low. So we expect that to start rising. But when interest rates start to rise, that puts a dampening effect on the economy. Um, a lot of the activity and the recovery that we're seeing in the housing market, for example, seems directly linked to the low interest rates. So we are concerned that when interest rate increases come through, we may see a second dip in the economy, possibly in the second half of this year. And risks remain around how governments worldwide will withdraw billions of dollars worth of fiscal and monetary stimulus. Around the world we've seen governments and central banks um, giving so much stimulus, but none of that has been taken back yet, and that's going to happen over the next two years. And that's probably the biggest risk. We still don't know how the global economy will fare on the back of that. The chief executive of the New Zealand Stock Exchange, the NZX, is Mark Weldon. He too is expecting 2010 to be a stronger year, but would also like to see New Zealand's economy become more productive. I think it's going to be a strong year. I think the economy has a strong base around dairy and tourism. I think the uh, downside risks have been well taken out. Uh, I think there is a relatively high degree of confidence and optimism actually around the market and, and around the economy. And I think uh, some of the fundamentals of the companies that have uh, restructured over the year uh, is very positive and, and there are a lot of opportunities. What would be the icing on the cake would be some meaningful changes uh, around tax and capital markets that uh, give people really confidence around the direction of travel and around the opportunities in the productive sector. I think if we can get all that, we will uh, you know, have a similar conversation in around 12 months and be looking back on uh, a year that was a big step in the right direction. The Tax Working Group has recently put forward some radical suggestions, which it says would make the tax system fairer and promote economic growth. Among the ideas are raising GST to 15%, lowering company personal and trust tax rates to 27%, introducing a land tax and charging property investors more. The Council of Trade Unions' Peter Conway supports some of the working group's ideas. Clearly what the government, I think, has got an opportunity to do with a relative consensus out there is at least start to look at investment property. There's a, about $220 billion that actually cost the taxpayers $500 million in tax credits last year. So things like assuming a rate of return and taxing rent, uh, investment property would be a good start. Some form of capital gains tax or land tax. They'll have to be careful around the equity issues. We would not favour an increase in GST. That would impact very hard on low-income people, and by the time the government tries to accommodate that, they wouldn't raise much from it. The Treasury expects the economy to return to growth in 2011 and expand by more than 3% the year after. But even the Finance Minister, Bill English, describes the recovery as fragile. 
and warns any further problems abroad could weaken New Zealand's growth prospects. That Radio New Zealand Insight programme was written and presented by Naomi Mitchell. Technical production was by Damon Taylor and it was produced by Sue Ingram.